Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. And we want to remind everybody that we have joined the Off The Ball Network. So we really appreciate wherever you are accessing us from, whether it's Nothing But Net, whether it's in podcast form on any of the podcast websites you may listen. You can also check out all the other great shows on Off The Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com and you can check out all that coverage, whether it's articles, other podcasts, radio shows. We have everything on offtheballnetwork.com, including coverage of all different sports. A reminder that we are sponsored by BetUS. BetUS is the newest sponsor of the Off the Ball Network. They have the fastest payouts in the industry and offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at sign-up. Head over to BetUS.com to sign up today. Again, that's BetUS.com, promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps. Welcome back to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and we are here to talk Timberwolves and a great matchup that the Wolves had finally a nationally televised game taking on the Lakers we'll jump right into that action D'Angelo Russell comes into this game how about this his on off court net rating plus 22.7 that puts him second in the NBA which is great to see and then you look at how about this number so there are four players in the league shooting 50% or greater from the field or 40% or greater from three-point. And that is Carl Towns. You have Jonas Valanciunas, John Collins, and Pat Connaughton. That is it. And when you add in the 80% free throw, it's only two guys, one of which is Carl Towns. So very impressive there. He's putting up just some awesome stats. Eventually, could he be that guy that does the 50-40-90? I definitely think he could. Uh, time will tell there, but that's his next step is getting 90 from the free throw line to the action Carl and Jaden one and two in the NBA fouls per game that is not a stat you love to see 3.7 and 3.6 so that's definitely an area that the Wolves need to see some improvement on more specifically Jaden though 
considering how many minutes Carl Towns plays, how aggressive he is, he's a little more prone to fouls. If he's going to get you know three to four fouls a game, it's not the end of the world. But you'd like to get that down just because that's just the average. And so as we've seen, there are some games where he's higher than that, some games where he's fouled out. We can't afford to lose him in games due to foul trouble. So that's something that we need to address, and the Wolves need to find a way to fix that at least a little bit. I will say start the game off. Don't love the first possession as we get a D'Lo shot. But, again, we haven't seen that much this season. As the season's progressed, we're seeing a lot less of that, which is good. Uh, the fewer D'Lo shots we can get, the better for my liking, at least. And it's going to be a lot better for the Wolves. Pap, kind of an interesting sequence. He's walking the ball up the fl- floor, and uh, one of the officials actually falls, and it looked like he hit his head. Pap slows down, helps the official up, almost gets the the 10 second violation I was very interested would he have gotten the 10 second violation had it happened I hope not because he's literally helping up an official but considering the officials don't like the wolves you know who knows I don't know how that would have worked uh, how about this though start to the game for Carl Towns Towns himself is up six to two as he has two and ones already Baysmore two fouls and he has to sit early on keep in mind Lakers are already very shorthanded they came into this game I believe with eight total players and then make it 8-2. to two. Towns is absolutely dominating early in the first. The one issue I ran into, at least initially, early on in this game was, who else is going to join the party? Is someone else going to step up and help Towns? Lakers timeout as Towns hits D'Lo for the dunk. 10-4, the Wolves have the lead. And then Vando, what a dunk. Seriously, if you want to get the Wolves fans, and this was a solo crowd is my understanding, this is how you do it. Huge dunk. Wolves have come out swinging. Lakers just cold as ice so far, 14-5, to five, with seven to go in the first. No replay, but Vando, his first foul, and it looked like great defense and a superstar call for LeBron. I was watching this on ESPN thanks to Comcast deciding that I had to for some reason. I don't know. Very weird there. Towns, though, his second foul early on, but my question is, how is it a foul if AD hits Towns with his chin? I didn't understand that. Carl Towns goes up for a shot. It's just a regular shot motion, and he's getting pressed up so hard by Anthony Davis that Anthony Davis hits him in the hits him with his face. How is that a foul on Carl Towns? I I just don't understand that. But that it is what it is. It really seemed like just for a little stretch, the the refs were definitely trying to bring the Lakers back into this one. Hey, it's a nationally televised game. The NBA wants it to be competitive. Beasley started this game. Uh, sadly, one thing that we've seen is he. Very much like the Lakers, very cold. Was not able to hit shots, and we'll touch more on that a little bit later. Jaden, surprisingly, is the first three in the game for either team. He's the first guy to hit a three, and the lead is now up 17-7. to Towns, two fouls. He doesn't care, and he makes this fantastic defensive play and a nice block in transition. That's exactly what you need from Carl Towns is being able to defend without fouling. Both teams uh, seem to be shooting tired from three. Uh, even the announcer talked about how guys just didn't seem to have their legs. And and that seems to be the case because everyone was kind of coming up short from a three-point line. So very interesting there. Beasley wide open from the corner. Another miss. Meanwhile, credit Vando. He is absolutely dominating the glass on both ends as he set that shot up for the second chance. Unfortunately, Beasley wasn't able to finish. Teams start one for 18 for three. That's crazy. You just don't see that that much anymore in the modern NBA. And there are four minutes to go. So think about that. We still got a lot of game left, and neither team is hitting shots. 
Towns, a great seal inside. Beasley hits him. Melo absolutely hammers his arm on the shot. No call. And it's ridiculous, of course, but at least uh, the national audience, for at least a stretch of this game, they were able to see how the refs treat the Wolves on a pretty much nightly basis. Beasley, the slam in transition, and I felt like this was going to be the kick in the pants he needed, the play that was going to kind of get him going, and that was the hope at least. Josh Okogie comes in, and my, my main concern when he came in was, just don't screw things up, man. We're playing so well. Josh Okogie comes in. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. I was very concerned, to say the least. Both continue missing three after three after three. Lakers aren't even guarding Josh Okogie, and you can see why as he tries to take a corner three. Of course, he misses it, and there's no one even near him. Very frustrating. That's the issue with Josh Okogie. But then Westbrook... In transition, gets an absolute superstar call as Okogie plays fantastic defense, but unfortunately is called for the foul. Town sits. He has 10 points on 4 of 7 shooting, 4 boards, and a block already. So how about that? Yeah, is he going to finish with 40 points, 16 rebounds, and 4 blocks? Probably not, but he's on pace to have quite the game. Okogie then takes the charge. He was there for what seemed like an eternity, and it's called a block. Uh, again, ESPN did such a bad job when it came to showing replays, but at least in terms of what I could see, it was an obvious charge, and it didn't look like he was in the restricted area. Akogi has two fouls now, should have zero, but how about this? As the ball, he airballs it. Russell Westbrook airballs it. Again, ball don't lie. That's just how it works. AD in a lot of pain, unfortunately, rolls his ankle bad. Wolves push. Akogi gets fouled in transition. And you have a timeout, and AD is still down. If you watch this replay, this was this was a pretty bad-looking ankle injury. Not as bad as we've seen in the past. I don't know who remembers the Ricky Rubio injury where his ankle touched the ground. It wasn't that bad, but it didn't look good, to say the least. AD does end up going back to the locker room. The lineup being used at the moment of the game here was interesting. Uh, D'Lo, Noel, Nas, Akogi, and Jaden. Not a bad lineup. Just not sure we've used it before, which I found uh, kind of interesting as we watched the game. D'Lo with a tough make. Wolves are up 23-16 after the first quarter, which is good to see. Feels like Westbrook has been to the line about 100 times so far. But finally, at least it was an actual foul. It was good to see him get fouled, and that was the call as opposed to just great defense, superstar call. I don't know. That seemed to be the case in that first quarter. Wolves, six offensive boards to one for the Lakers. The team's now one of 27 from three in the game. That's as bad as it gets. Uh, Thomas checks in, gets a standing ovation. I love that. I'm a big guy today, a Thomas fan. Something happens in this game that, you know, was soured me a little bit on Isaiah Thomas. But overall, I'm a fan, and I love what he brought to the Celtics. Uh, just some cool storylines why he was there. And he's a guy that's, to me, very easy to cheer for. So it's good to see him back. D'Lo gets fouled in transition. Cannot believe there was no call. And you know how you know it's a bad call when D'Lo complains because D'Lo just does not complain that often. One nice thing to see, I'll say it, Okogi played some pretty good defense at times, and he was able to get to the line 4-4 to start. For a guy that was 50% from the free throw line on the season, you'll definitely take that. Nas, unfortunately, struggles inside, misses fueling the Lakers, who have it back to a two-point game on an 8-0 run, 29-27. It was just frustrating because he was getting... Pretty good open looks, just could not capitalize, unfortunately. Towns comes back in, and he is dominating it again. Just so good in the post. And then he has a fantastic block on LeBron. This was just a game where Towns shined from start to finish. Uh, Jake Lehman comes in very weird. 
I was not expecting that. I'll say that. I know we're shorthanded a little bit when you're missing Prince and Edwards. This still surprised me. And he did his patented cut, and then he misses an open layup off of Towns' feed. So I get that he hasn't been playing much, but, man, if you're going to get some minutes, you better take advantage. And Jake Lehman just could not do that. I'm going to add this. I don't get what is going on with Beasley. Every shot he takes, he's short. Something was very off about his shot. I don't know if his legs were bugging him, but if he had just used more of his legs on his shot, he's making almost every one of these. It was such an odd thing. I don't know that I've seen that problem specifically from Beasley. Normally it's problems such as arc, things of that nature, or maybe he'll rush a shot, which we saw the rushing a little bit in this game. I thought his arc was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't think that was the issue. So uh, very interesting there. I don't know what it's going to take to get Beasley back on track. Westbrook now three fouls, uh, and we're still just in the second, and they keep him in with six minutes to go in that first half. Wolves 27-19, winning the glass battle. Towns blocked from three by Jordan, but gets it back, hits the step back three, and the Wolves are now on top by eight, 37-29. Offense, defense, as I watch this game, I'm not sure Lehman had brought anything to the minutes as he misses a wide-open three. So unfortunately for Jake Lehman, you got some time and you just weren't able to take advantage. And I understand that it's tough coming in cold, but you got it. If you're not going to play well, you're just not going to play. That's how it's going to work. AD, by the way, back on the court, which is good news. I never want to see anyone hurt. Obviously, it makes it more difficult for the Wolves, or at least potentially it could. But ultimately, I don't want guys hurt. I want I want everyone healthy. You just hate to see guys get injured in the game. D'Lo, by the way, struggling this game, not only shooting, but free throw shooting as well. 3 of 10 from the field, and he just had two misses at the line. Can't afford that. When you're playing top competition like the Lakers, or at least what should be top competition, you just cannot afford missteps like that. Papev gets teed up as, again, not allowed to show emotion. I don't know if he said something that it didn't look that bad to me. Uh, trying to read his lips, I don't remember specifically what it looked like, but ultimately I was a little surprised that he got a tee there. Let the guys play. Let the guys celebrate. He's not being a jerk. He's having fun. He's enjoying the game. It's To me, it, nothing looks offensive that he's saying. I just think the, the refs need to calm down. That's the bottom line. Want to know how Beasley's game is going? He dribbled off his foot in transition, and nobody was near him. It was a breakaway for the Wolves. They had numbers. There was one or two defenders back, but they had numbers, and Beasley, unfortunately, just dribbles off his foot because he couldn't decide what he wanted to do. Cat now up to 21, as no one on the Lakers can stop him. He also has six boards and two big blocks. Dilo gets called for a foul as LeBron gets a superstar whistle again. I'm not saying the referees are bad in this game, but there were definitely a number of plays where I felt like Laker players got superstar calls. I would love it if the Wolves got those same calls. Or, heck, not even superstar calls, just consistently getting calls that they deserve. That's something we just do not see, unfortunately. Beasley finally breaks through from the top of the three. I thought to myself, maybe it's corner threes that are his kryptonite. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. Uh, Wolves, though, up six with a minute to go in the first half. Unfortunately, Beasley then kind of responds with a dumb foul as he did not get back in transition. D'Lo finally a three. Wolves up eight and make it 10 off the Vandal Steel and Cat layup. 54 to 45. Wolves are up at the half. Looking at the statistics here at halftime, effective field goal, it's 43 for the Lakers, 41.7 for the Wolves. 
you have five points off turnovers for the Lakers, 11 for the Wolves, 13 second chance points, two for the Lakers. Remember that number, 21 or more, and the Wolves tend to win games historically. 13 of 19 free throws for the Lakers, 9 of 12 for the Wolves. So that definitely was a difference maker there. Wolves, I think, could have been on top a lot more if the referees had been a little bit more consistent. I found this interesting. So going over Carl Anthony Towns by primary defender. When Anthony Davis guarded him, he shot 5 of 7 for 12 points. When DeAndre Jordan, it was 2 of 3 for 7 points. When LeBron James, 1 of 2 for 2 points. And Carmelo Anthony, 0 for 1, 0 points. So it didn't matter really who was guarding him. He was going to dominate in this game. At least that's what it seemed like to me. How about this? Taking a look at James, Davis, and Westbrook, 22 points on 7 of 13. Carl Anthony Towns, 23 on 9 of 14. So he's sitting there, and he is beating all three of them combined. On top of that, that is the most points he has in a half this season. Tied for most, that is. Beasley to Vando Aliup gets the half going. Great start for both those guys. And I will say this cannot say enough about Towns' defense in this game. He was so good, especially given he had a little bit of foul trouble. Didn't let that stop him. Unfortunately, though, Towns gets his third, and it is a cheapie. Not that it wasn't a foul. It's just one of those kind of like, ah, oh, it's unfortunate kind of things. Wolves, though, up to 10 offensive boards, still just one for the Lakers. D'Lo makes a three, and just like that, it is a 12-point game early in the second half. 16 second-chance points. We're getting that much closer to the magic number of 21. Just two for the Lakers so far. And by the way, you can credit Vandal for a lot of that. Beasley with the flush, 14-point game, and Lakers timeout. LeBron passed it off of Vando's face. It was a very strange play, to say the least. But, hey, we'll take it, and we are on fire to start the second half. I will say this. Someone tell Beasley, stop shooting corner threes. It was very clear in this game, no matter what happened, he was not going to make it. It didn't matter how wide open they left him. There's no chance it was going in. Just move around, take other shots. If you're in the corner and you're open, maybe try driving in. I don't know the answer, but shooting threes was not it, at least in this game. Unfortunately, things get a little ugly as the Lakers go on an 8-0 run. Wolves some sloppy play, and Finch calls a timeout. LeBron, though, picks up his third foul. But aside from that, the Wolves just cannot buy a foul, whether it's Davis clearly following Towns multiple times. Or how about Davis? He basically climbs on D'Lo's back for a rebound. And just like that, it is a three-point game. LeBron shoves Jaden, hits it to AD's knee, and he is in some pain. And it looks like maybe a hyperextension. Now, we've found out since then that he actually has an MCL strain. He's going to be out for a minimum of four weeks. So you definitely don't like to see that. And uh, hopefully he comes back uh, sooner than later. Lakers need him, especially given how many players they're missing due to COVID protocols. Uh, he does end up coming out, of course, and... That's LeBron's fourth foul, so it did end up getting called, which is good to see. Vando, meanwhile, already has 12 rebounds in this game. Beasley, two threes in a row. Wolves back up 11, and I credit Finch. He stuck with Beasley. I'm not sure everyone else would, and it has paid off here in the second half. Towns, a put-back dunk. LeBron tried to flop, get Towns his fourth. Refs were not having it, although Vogel had it. Vogel saw that, thought it was a foul, and ends up getting a technical. Wolves are now up 14 with five to go in the third. Towns, unfortunately, picks up his fourth as he went for the putback in transition, and he ends up getting pulled for Nas with two minutes to go in the third. Noel is in now, and he gets a three, comes in, immediately hits, and Wolves are now up 16 points. Jalen Noel was absolutely fantastic in this game. 
Jaden up to seven. He has a nice kind of a fadeaway mid-range jumper. Good for him to play well on the national stage. Hopefully that can help his trade value if the Wolves do, in fact, try to trade him. I had this discussion with another Wolves fan, but to me, Jaden McDaniels is still going to have value. He's just 21. He just turned 21. He has only played 89 games, so basically one season. A lot of teams love that potential, and he's shown enough where I definitely think he still has relatively high trade value. Noel Drives has a tough make, and I'll say this. I'm not sure anything makes me more happy than watching Noel play and watching him play well because we need more players off the bench that can produce. J-Mac's not the answer. Bomaro's very up and down, at least from offense. It's mostly down. Very good defense. So, Noel, if he can play and if he can play both ways, this is going to be huge. Uh, Kogi and Thomas, a very interesting back and forth. I don't know what Isaiah Thomas was doing here. Isaiah Thomas went for a rebound. Kogi grabbed the rebound. Isaiah Thomas created all the contact, and then they both kind of fell. Kogi just walks away, doesn't think anything of it. And Isaiah Thomas gets like mad, gets in his face, starts yelling at him. And if you know Josh Kogi, he's a nice guy, doesn't ever seem to really get mad. I'm sorry, Isaiah, but you were wrong here. And as Jim P pointed out, I thought this was a little weird because I did watch back. So I watched the game initially on ESPN. I watched it back then from Bally Sports because when you get a win, it's always nice to hear what the hometown guys say. And he pointed out, Jim Pete said, what is AT, first of all, what is he doing? I don't understand how he's upset when Josh didn't do anything wrong. But also, why is Russell Westbrook trying to calm down Josh Jacoby? Why don't you go calm down your own player? He's the one that started the entire thing. Uh, so interesting there. Uh, there was a T on Isaiah Thomas on this, I believe, is how it actually got called. But unfortunately, D'Lo misses another free throw. My question is, why is D'Lo the one shooting? I don't know that I... A thousand percent trust him. Maybe let Noel, who had been really hitting shots, maybe let him try. I don't know. Wolves, though, able to build the lead up to 20 to end the third, 85 to 65, and they are in the midst of a 24 to 7 run. On the luckiest pounce that you'll ever see to keep his streak alive of double figure games, but then he gets his fifth on the Jaden shot. It was, I mean, these are fouls, these are calls, right? It's nice to see them actually calling these fouls. If you've watched the Wolves, you didn't really know if this is the kind of thing that was going to happen. Uh, well, you know, watching this, am I wrong that I think Noel is one of the players that I trust most on this team? When he has the ball in his hands, I just feel like he's going to make the right decision. He's going to make the right play. I'm not saying he's going to be successful every time. I just feel like his basketball cue is very high. A smart, confident player makes good decisions. And he already has 12 points. He was incredible in this game. A lot of Wolves, or I should say a lot of Lakers fans, whether it's the Lakers fans, the media, they want to claim, well, this is another championship for the Wolves. If the Wolves win this game, they're just going to brag about it. They're going to act like they've never been there before. They have all these excuses. A lot of the big teams do. A lot of the big fan bases do. You know what? Guess what? In this game, whether you're missing players or not, the Wolves were clearly the better team. And let's think about this. The Lakers had their three best players. Now, granted, one of them got hurt in the game, but at that point, the Wolves were already dominating when Anthony Davis got hurt, both times. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. When you watch this game, the Wolves were the better team, and the Wolves are missing Anthony Edwards, one of their most important and best players. So I just don't want to hear it. And the player, by the way, that replaced him was not good. You can't watch this game and say Malik Beasley was good. He struggled. A 30-18 run since Davis went down the second time. 45-29, Wolves winning the glass battle overall, too. And the Wolves are absolutely rolling. A deal of three, and it's 22 points lead. Jaden, unfortunately, ends up falling out. 
I watched this on ESPN. I didn't even know he was in foul trouble. ESPN said literally nothing about it. Very frustrating about that type of coverage. Westbrook travels, no call. And then he's allowed a timeout, which is weird. But the Wolves are up 101-79 with 6.39 to go. Bazemore getting absolutely clowned on the glass. And he takes it out on Vando. Looked to me like a cheap shot. And he stands over him, no call. The whole thing was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Jefferson on ESPN goes, what a good box out by Bazemore. What are you talking about? Ugh, I'm telling you, man. Sometimes it is so frustrating watching the national guys. They just, they're not good. Some of them just aren't good. Overall, I thought they, I thought overall, I'll be honest. Overall, I thought ESPN did a pretty good job. But they struggled with replays. They struggled with stuff like this. Know what you're watching. Richard Jefferson, you played in the league a long time. Just be aware of what's happening on the court if you're going to cover the games. It's not rocket science. 82-103, though. Wolves are up with five to go. Lakers have pulled their starters. Wolves sticking with theirs. And at least at the moment, I was fine with it just because let's make sure this game's over. I don't want anything. I don't want to take any chances. Uh, Bev, though, gets the crowd fired up. And it looks like with four to go, we are going to the bench. And that is, end up being actually all she wrote. Very solid game for the Wolves. They Leave this game intact, which is good to see. Now, we have heard since this game happened that the Wolves are still going to be without Anthony Edwards and Torian Prince for Sunday's game against the Mavericks. But also keep in mind, Mavericks are missing some players. Luka's not going to play. It was just announced that Josh Green is now in COVID protocols. So they're missing a few players too. Ultimately, this is a game that you absolutely have to win. You have to beat the Mavericks. It's a home game. Just no excuse if you ask me. They're missing Luka Doncic. You have to win. That's the bottom line. By the way, the final score in the Wolves-Lakers game, 110-92 to was your final. Taking a look at the box score and seeing where guys finished, what they finished with, there was a lot to like in this game from the Wolves' perspective. 7 of 18 for Beasley. It did not seem that good. But 3 of 13, which is really what I was talking about, I think all 10 of those misses were from the corner. He struggled there. He definitely did. But he was able to add in four rebounds, four assists, and two steals, 17 points. And how about this? A team high plus 25. So Malik Beasley was obviously able to do some some things that worked out well. Although the guys that really stood out, Carl Towns, Vanderbilt, were really your MVPs here. 16 rebounds for Jared Vanderbilt, three steals, two blocks. So much to like about what Jared Vanderbilt brought to the table. Only four points. And he is the perfect example of how defense can be so good and how you don't need to be a dominant offensive player to be successful or to have a positive impact. Carl Towns, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 3 blocks. So incredibly impressive. Top to bottom, this Wolves team was so good. How about Patrick Beverly? I didn't realize this, but he was on triple-double watch. 9 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. Over on the Lakers side of things, Isaiah Thomas, his first game back and first game with the Lakers, uh, he did have 19 points. So he's definitely putting some good tape down. Isaiah Thomas is a player that, in the right situation, I think he can absolutely flourish at this point in his career. A lot of it's going to depend on how healthy he is. But he seems healthy now, so time will tell there. Uh, LeBron James had 18 points, obviously was able to get not only two double figures, but have an impact there. Also added 10 rebounds and five assists. Anthony Davis... Nine points, one rebound, and he only ended up playing in this game. I mean, 20 minutes. Yes, he was hurt a few times, but 20 minutes, and he got absolutely dominated when he played. So overall, the Wolves just impressive. 110-92 to 92 is your final.
unlike all the other bars out there that taste either like old Play-Doh or a piece of cardboard, when you eat a Built Bar, you will think you are cheating on your diet with a delicious chocolate dessert. If your kids find out how good these are, you're going to have to buy more because they will be begging for them. They have great flavors such as cookies and cream, double chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter brownie, and much more. Use the code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. Again, that's OFFTHEBALL, all caps, at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. As seen on ABC Shark Tank and invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, Ice Shaker received offers from all five sharks in the show. Kitchen-grade insulated stainless steel that will keep your drinks cold and won't absorb odor like a plastic shaker bottle does. Created by the Gronk Brothers, for anyone living an active and healthy lifestyle, the ice shaker is perfect for every drink, not just protein shakes. The patented twist in agitator will break up any powders, but also works as a strainer to make sure you always get the perfect pour. Use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps and help out the network. Again, that's ice shaker, and you can use the promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps. Visit iceshaker.com. Before we jump into the next game, Wolves versus Mavs, a couple things to throw out there. For anyone that hasn't heard this yet, uh, Josh Okogie was added to the health and safety protocols. And unfortunately, as well, we now have the additions of Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt. So those guys are going to, at a minimum, I would guess, miss Tuesday's game, if not longer. Unless they get some sort of a magic change to their results, like Russell Westbrook did, I don't see much changing. They'll probably miss the next two games. Fortunately, the Wolves don't have a lot of games over the next week because of the Christmas holiday. So hopefully only those two games are what we end up missing. It would have been tough uh, the second game against the Jazz no matter what because the Jazz are a really good team right now. It's going to be really tough now when you're talking about missing uh, pretty much your mainstays or a lot of your main guys on the defensive side of the ball. Now on to the positive as we take a look at Wolves versus Mavs. Coming into this game, interesting, Wolves force the most turnovers in the league. The Mavs turn over the fewest. So we're going to see uh, which team is going to uh, set the record straight here on turnovers. That's what it's going to end up coming down to. It's going to be interesting. Some other interesting stats. This is crazy. So I would assume most teams are pretty successful when they win the field goal percentage battle against whoever they're playing, right? Well, you know who's really good? Both the Mavericks and the Wolves. Mavericks 12-0 and when they have the higher field goal percentage, and Wolves 11-0. and So just some pretty crazy stats as we come into this game. As far as the Wolves are concerned, let's take a look at the NBA ranks per game the last two seasons in a number of different categories. So opponent turnovers, we were third last year. We are first this year, as we just talked about. Defending the three-point percentage, we were last in the league last year. We are fifth this year. If that doesn't tell you a story of how we're starting to get more successful as a franchise, it should. Defensive rating tied for 26th last year. We are 11th. And then defended field goal percentage, 28th last year, and we are 12th. You talk about a big change on the defensive end. That's it right there. A big reason why, of course, has been Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt. Unfortunately, guys, we are going to be missing for the near future. Jumping into this game, 6-6 after a great Vando push and finish. KP actually fouled him. No call. Should have actually been KP's second. Wolves defending well, though. They seem a little off offensively. Mavs doing something right on defense. 
whatever it is, they just seem to have our number early in this game. The Wolves weren't as crisp offensively as we had been seeing over these last few games. Wolves come into this game, remember, on a three-game win streak. Beasley starts one of one from three, beating the buzzer. Finally, a strong start, at least in a way. It's nice to see him hit his first three. Mavs, however, able to push their lead 13-9. to Finch calls timeout. Wolves just looked a little off, a little bit out of sorts. I appreciate one. There's a lot of aspects about Chris Finch's coaching that I really like, one of which is he understands when to call timeouts. Ryan Saunders struggled with this mightily. There's a lot of coaches that don't have it down. As someone that's coached before, I'll tell you right now, it's not something you just know. It takes time. It takes a little practice. It takes confidence. That's a big part of it. Noel ends up coming in, and to me it seemed like that was earlier than normal, and he came in for Beasley, who despite that first make, really didn't add much, and we are at four to, or 524 to go in the first. Jaden also in, and he hits a three, and it's good to see him at the three with Vano and Towns. I laugh, though, because almost immediately Vano gets pulled for Nas Reed. But the good news is that still keeps Jaden at that three position. Noel active on the glass early as he grabs two quick rebounds. One thing that you can notice about Jalen Noel, yes, he can score. We all get that. But he's able to rebound. He's able to get assists. He's a pretty good defender, actually. One thing, I was looking into this. One of my favorite defensive stats, one of my favorite defensive stats is field goal difference percentage. So how does a player shoot when you're guarding them versus their average? And Jalen Noel, he shoots he, he has the players that he's guarding, they shoot 2% worse than their average. So that tells you he's at least been fairly successful on the defensive end. The the I will say this about him on defense. It's never an effort issue, but sometimes he seems a step too slow. I don't know if it's a positioning thing, but we saw that a number of times last night in that Mavs game where I thought uh, he struggled a bit on, def on defense. But again, it's never been an issue with effort, which is great. There are some guys out there that, you, you question their effort. Anyone that remembers watching Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague was a, just a really bad defender. Some guys are like that. I don't see that with Jalen Noel. Wolves go on a 10-0 run out of that Finch timeout. Wolves scrambling really well on defense, and honestly, spectacular was the only word I could use to describe it. And then Wolves keep it going, a 13-0 run after a deep D-low three. Unfortunately, Cat gets his second foul soon after. Two minutes to go in the first, and you're already talking about some foul trouble. Bull Morrow ends up coming in for Towns. At least that's what the switch was. So that at that point, you have Jaden at the four, Reed at the five, and then Bull Morrow's playing, I believe, the three in this lineup because he does have at least a little bit of size. Things, though, get ugly quick. Mavs go on an 8-0 run of their own, and just like that, it is a one-point game. Yuck. That's all I can say. Bull Morrow hasn't even been in that long. Really stupid reach-in foul. Mavs are in the bonus. I have no idea what he was thinking. Look, I'm a Long-term, I'm a big Bomaro fan, but as of right now, he's just not a guy that brings enough positively to be able to help game in and game out. He struggles offensively, and he still sometimes has decision-making issues. For the most part, he's good there, but ultimately, long-term is where you're looking at Bomaro. In the short term, he's just not going to be able to add much to the current team. Game in a row, Nas it really seems to struggle inside finishing. And then uh, Kleba gets upset, gets teed up after following Nas. It was clearly a foul. I don't understand what he was doing. And at the same time, referees in this game did seem uh, a little on edge. So you definitely didn't want to get on their bad side. Jaden already two fouls as he apparently wants to stay 
on top of Towns for most fouls per game. After the game before where he ended up fouling out, he actually did jump just percentage points ahead of Towns. They're both right up there at 3.7 and change as far as fouls per game. Wolves, though, up 27-25 to after one. Not a great finish to that first quarter, but you'll take the lead, obviously. Wolves bench outscoring the Mavs bench. How about this? 13-2 and 34-33. Wolves are up one and something still seems off. Towns gets his third foul with eight to go. Dallas able to take the lead shortly after. Towns is absolutely dominating. Beasley, meanwhile, after that first make, just really isn't that close. I just think you have to do anything you can to trade him if you can get good value. That's the problem, though. Right now, he just has very little value. And that's the frustrating part. You just keep hoping that he's going to have that game that sets him off, and it, it just doesn't seem to be the case. You started to see him make more threes recently, but he's just not been efficient, and that's really what hurts. If you're another team and you see that, you go, look, he has the ability to hit threes, but he's just not consistent enough. Mavs starting to double-team Towns. So far, it's working. Guys have to get open. That's always been the concern. Teams double-team Towns. If guys don't move, if guys don't come to Towns, it just doesn't work. Part of it, too, is on Towns a little bit. Sometimes he holds the ball a little too long, but mostly he holds it because no one does anything. What's he going to do, just throw the ball away? I, sometimes guys don't leave him a lot of uh, chances, unfortunately. Towns already has drawn six fouls in this game, and I'll say this, it's about time he starts getting calls. And in this game, Wolves up 42-37, to 444 to go in the half. Jason Kidd had a really weird challenge. A bad but good challenge, if that makes sense. So... It was a challenge he was definitely going to win. It was obviously off of the Wolves. But it's so early in the game, you're already losing. It just seemed like kind of a weird a weird challenge. And you better hope you score. Guess what, though? They do. They end up scoring a three-point shot. So at that point, you look at it and say, all right, he used his challenge. He got three points. That's about as good as it gets. Am I right? But again, the problem you run into is the impact on the game is minimal at this point. You're talking about the second quarter, not the fourth. That's one of the things I like about Chris Finch is he saves that that challenge. You only get one. Even if you get it right, you don't get a second one. You get one challenge, and you got to save it. you got to save it for big opportunities at the end of games. It just ends up making a bigger difference. Beverly gets his third foul, so he and Cat both end up sitting with three. I'm elite corner three, finally, and 53-44, a minute to go. Wolves are on top. Dallas already 10 turnovers when they averaged 12.2 a game. What was weird is then later in the game they said 9. So I don't know for sure which stat was correct at this point. But 9 or 10, and they averaged 12, and they're on pace for almost 20. Pretty big difference there. Uh, Wolves up 10 as they have hit 7 of their last 9 threes. A little bit of a slow start, but they're definitely starting to heat it up. An interesting little sequence. Vando and Finch both get teed up. And I'm sitting there going, what happened? Well, in transition, Vano runs into Brunson. And it was really weird because KP makes both. And you say to yourself, and Jim Pete talked about this, if you're Vando, what are you doing? And Vando had a couple instances in this game where he just kind of had, they were head scratchers. That's the best way to put it. And how about this? Shortly after that, they call another foul on Vando. And Vando tells Finch to challenge. This would be Vando's third foul. But if you watch the replay, not only did he follow him, he followed him twice. And this has been a common thing, not just the Wolves, but players across the league. Why are you telling your coach to, to 
challenge something, when you hit them, you can feel when you hit somebody. You know the difference, at least you should, between someone's skin and the ball. I mean, they don't feel the same. At least they shouldn't. Uh, I feel like if they do, that player's got a problem. But it's very frustrating, and Mavs are able to get four-point possession. To me, no excuse for that. And it is 56-50 to 50 at the half. Just mistake after mistake by Vando on just that one possession. Jared Vanderbilt is fantastic. He's had such a good season. It's a, it's going to be a big, big loss to be without him a couple games. But as a, as a player that is contributing so much, and he's clearly a high IQ basketball player, you got to be better than this. And this is not just an attack on Vanderbilt. Players in general, do not tell the coach to challenge things when you know that you followed them. It just it doesn't do anything. It's just it's foolish. And again, 56 to 50 at the half, and it could have been at least four points larger. Second half, first possession, Powell gets his fourth foul, and Chakri complains. But guess what, Powell? You're fouling, guys. They're fouls. They're legitimate. I watched back replays. This is, again, kind of what we talked about. It's bad to tell your coach to challenge. How about this? Don't complain when you're actually fouling people. I don't get it. It's one of those things that will just never make sense to me. Uh, Mavs in the second half doubling Towns again, but they're doubling him outside the three-point line, and the Wolves have started to take advantage. Obviously, to me, it seems like something that Finch talked about because for most of the season, we have struggled on the double team of Towns on other players and what they should be doing, what their assignments are. In this game, we started to see some improvement there, which was good. I credit the Mavs here. They kept fighting. We're able to stay within arm's length. Wolves just were not able to pull away. And keep in mind, there's no Luka Doncic in this game. Now, granted, there's also no Anthony Edwards. But as much as I like Anthony Edwards, he's not Luka Doncic. That is the one of the biggest things you could be missing if you're a team is missing your superstar player. Beasley, meanwhile, able to hit another corner three. And it's about time. You know he can hit those shots. You know he's a good shooter. And more of this. Can we continue to see this? This is exactly what we need for the Wolves to take that next step. They need Beasley to be that sixth man that they expected him to be, a dominant force off of the bench. Of course, he's starting right now. Needs to be better, bottom line. Towns lets his emotions get the best of him, and he gives the Mavs six points as he doesn't run back on defense, and it gives them two threes. As he's complaining, and on both plays, I don't even know if he was fouled. It was close, I guess, but it wasn't an obvious thing. To me, you have to be better. Plus, in this game, the refs have actually been pretty good, Towns. They're giving you fouls, so you need to be better. And he ha I'll say this. For the most part, we have seen improvements in that area from Towns. That's not a question. But kind of like the Vando thing, great. We're seeing you make good decisions Look at some of the best players out there. You don't see them doing this. Complaining, yes. All the, all the star players in the league complain. Just be smarter about it. Be smarter about it. And that's the one thing that Towns, for a little bit of a stretch here, did not do. Towns, a fast break dunk. He gets fouled hard. Does not make the dunk, by the way. And to me, it's a super dangerous play by Dorian Finney-Smith. Shoves him in the air. It's a hard foul. He's just trying to make it so he can't score. It's not like a malicious play. But at the same time, he's in the air. What are you expecting to happen? And they talk about this. So JP and uh, Dave Benz were talking about this. And the, the one thing I'll say is JP mentions maybe it's a flagrant two. But to me, I'm watching. I think a, a flagrant one was the right call. I didn't think it was anything over the top necessarily. Dave Benz kind of agreed with that. Jim Peterson... 
said it could he's his point was if it was called a two, it wouldn't be egregious. And I would agree with I would agree there because it is a dangerous play. And it seems like this has to come up a lot, but people have to keep in mind intent doesn't matter. When it comes to flagrant fouls, intent does not matter. What occurs matters. Towns, nine of nine start from the line. That is incredible. Delo feeling it. Four makes from three already in this game. Hardaway Jr., though, answers right back with the friendliest roll. And just for whatever reason, the Wolves are not able to pull away. Only up four with five to go in the third. Noel comes back in an immediate impact with a three-point play. Just been so impressive in this game. He needs to continue to get minutes. Chris Finch, what happened? What were you doing at the beginning of the season? Why did I have to watch J-Mac struggle when I could have been watching Noel flourish? I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. That to me is just, I don't get what he was seeing because time and time again, Noel just performs. I mean, he just does. Mavs, unfortunately, back to within one. It has been, it, I mean, we've just had a nine-point game. There's no way this game should be close, but credit the Mavs for fighting. Also, Noel had a little bit of a stretch here, and this is kind of what we talked about earlier. He was a little lost on defense for a little bit of a stretch here. So I think... Just a number of th factors played into this run by the Mavs. And here's a crazy stat. Mavs are 17 of 7. 17 of 17 from the free throw line. And the Wolves, after two more makes, are also 17 of 17. Two minutes to go in the third, and a Hardaway 3 ties it at 83. Mavs now 6 of 9 from 3 in the quarter. Just 2 of 6 for the Wolves. KP has actually gone out of the game, and they mentioned due to right foot soreness, and he ended up actually not being able to come back in. And when you hear that, you say, all right, now there's no excuse. Their best two players aren't playing. You need to be successful. Thankfully, Jalen Noel is on the Wolves as he hits the three to take back the lead, and he has hit on six of his last 11 threes. He isn't completely there on defense still, but he's so coachable, and the effort is there. They went, The cameraman kind of showed over as one of the coaches was showing Jalen Noel kind of some, it seemed like placement or maybe some scheming things, and Jalen Noel clearly understood what he was saying, and he was very receptive. Some guys aren't like that. Jalen Noel is very coachable. So again, Chris Finch, why has he not been playing? But guess what? Better late than never. We're starting to see Jalen Noel get minutes, and it's huge. And he's going to start playing a lot of minutes now because you're talking about Edwards is out, Beverly's out. You're going to get, you're going to have to get, to, to me anyways, I think you're going to have to get Jalen Noel minutes. Moses Brown, a bad free throw shooter, and he makes both. Still no misses from either team in this game. An absolutely crazy statistic. 88-86, Mavs lead after three. And I sit here and look at the score and I say, how? But, but honestly, they were on fire from three. That was the biggest difference. And to me, it seemed impossible they could keep this up. And here's another crazy stat. This game was just chock full of so many ridiculous things. Both teams, 21 assists on 29 makes in the game. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Just just crazy. Shooting percentage, Wolves up 46 to 45. Keep in mind, both of these teams, whoever wins the field goal percentage battle in their games. So when the Mavs win it, they have not lost. When the Wolves win it, they have not lost. So if you're going off that stat, Wolves are in a good place at this point. Nas dunk ties it up early in the fourth, and what a dunk. Wolves bench winning 27 to 14. That was a huge part of this game. Noel, another three. One of the big reasons why the bench was so successful, and the Wolves are back on top. One stat that we talked about is you got to get to that 21 or more second-chance points. Wolves have two up to this point, and they're getting 
absolutely destroyed in second chance points. I don't remember what the, the difference was. It was like 14 or 16 points at that time, which if you watch this game, you did not get Jared Vanderbilt dominating the glass. He had a good game, but he wasn't able to get all those defensive rebounds we normally see. Credit the Mavs. They did a really good job. And Noel, how about this? Up to 16 points now, three rebounds and three assists. That's You couldn't ask for more for a bench guy. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, with 7.45 left, Finch calls a timeout. They want to get Cat back in, and they are up by three points. Looking at how the game had gone so far, seven lead changes, seven ties. And then for biggest leads, Mavericks four, but the Timberwolves actually had a 10-point lead. Jumping into the second half, you know, we talked about the turnovers earlier. Just looking at the statistics here, no turnovers for the Mavs in the second half. They have kept Vando in check all game on the offensive glass. The Mavs' game plan was fantastic. Credit Jason Kidd or whoever it is on the on that team because I've never been a big Jason Kidd fan necessarily as a coach, but someone's doing something right here, and the players love the effort. They really put up a fight. Noel ends up taking a seat as Bev comes back in. But I, if I was at that game, I would have been giving him a standing ovation. Jalen Noel, we don't win this game without him. We definitely don't. And then Threesley makes another three. Fantastic. And then uh, Mavs, double team. That's been the difference. They, the Wolves were able to take advantage of the Mavs' double teams in this game. And almost a back-to-back for Beasley from three. Pretty much the same spot. The second one just ended up. It was almost like the rim spit the shot out. It was crazy. Uh, very close. And you need Threesley to be alive. You need him to hit these shots. It's going to be crucial for our success long-term. Hardaway, by the way, speaking of hitting shots, amazing. Keeps the Mavs close. And then Powell gets his fifth foul. Towns has now drawn 10 total fouls on the Mavericks. And the free throw jinx, by the way, is alive. And, well, Katie Storm, as Towns misses both, they talked about this. It was hilarious. They were talking about the free throws. The, the person that brought up no misses was Katie Storm. Dave Benz kind of called her out and said, uh, you got to be careful with that. And after she said that, all of a sudden the Wolves just could not hit free throws to save their life. A play that happened, uh, so Carl Towns and Anthony or, and Hardaway Jr. So Hardaway is taking a three. Towns follows him as he kind of went underneath Hardaway. They get it reviewed. But to me, and they talked about this during the telecast, Hardaway kicks out, causing the foot contact. So I don't think you can call it a flagrant foul. Uh, I think you can call it a common foul. I definitely think Towns does foul him, but to call it a flagrant would have been ridiculous. And thankfully, they do get it right, and they do call the common foul. I'll say it again. I thought the Wolves, or I thought the referees in this game were pretty good. Not perfect, but refs are never going to be perfect. For NBA standards, I thought this was a very well refed game. And I got to say this again: shocking how bad the Wolves' free throw shooting was since Katie Storm's jinx. I don't. I'm not a big jinx guy. I know a lot of people believe in that stuff. I used to understand that more it's kind of like baseball and no hitters the things you just do or do not talk about I think it's pretty much BS especially think about this none of the players know that she said it right it's just one of those things that coincidental but still we talk about it because it was funny that it happened and I will say this it was too good to be true that both teams were shooting 100% so when she said that I felt I felt to myself we're for sure going to start missing free throws not specifically because she said that, just because that's how it works. You know, you go back to the mean, the law of averages. Another play, I have to say, how does Maxi Kleba complain so much? He gets his fourth foul, and it's clearly a foul. I just don't know what he's complaining about. And, of course, the jinx continues. Bev to the line. Oh, wait, but it doesn't, as he finally makes the free throws. So good to see somebody make free throws. And the Wolves are up 6, 249 to go. Towns. 
an absolutely unreal three from super deep. It was so nonchalant. Puts the Wolves back up five. And to me, that's the definition of a wow moment. He does so many great things. So incredibly impressive. That's the kind of shot that I, I picture Anthony or Anthony Edwards. I think of him as a guy that does that, right? As he comes down and just wants to take that big shot. Not that Towns doesn't, but that's throughout this season, he's done that, right? And, and there's been some big game spots. And now you have Towns. Towns does it too. D'Lo's been huge. He's one of the most clutch players in the NBA in terms of scoring. The Wolves have a big three that can make big shots. That's the bottom line here. Sadly, though, Wolves just can't get in any stops as Brunson scores easily uh, to get the game closer again. D'Lo, so I love when he does this. He ends up getting the sweep through. Yes, it's not a shooting foul from three, but who cares? We're in the bonus. Such a smart play, such a foolish play by, I, you know, I can't, it might have been Brunson, but ends up uh, following D'Lo. We're in the bonus. He gets two shots, makes them both, and the Wolves make defensive subs. With 51 to go, the Wolves are up five. Jason Kidd calls one of his last timeouts to advance the basketball. Meanwhile, Jaden is in for Vando as Finch is just so masterful with his subs. Wolves end up, though, missing the three towards the end of the game, but so do the Mavs. Then the Mavs foul the Wolves intentionally with 11 seconds left. Beasley goes to the line. And how about this? Wolves 500 or better for only the 14th time as they do end up winning this game. They did what they needed to do to get a win here. I'm not going to say that it was pretty, but ultimately they played pretty good. Mavs fought hard. That's what the bottom line was for me. But again, Wolves 500 or better for only the 14th time in franchise history after 30 games. Eight times they have made the playoffs in that scenario. And here's the thing. Beating Dallas now moves them to the eighth seed currently. So they were actually eight. We were nine. Now we're flip. And 111-105 is the final score as the Wolves win and move to 15-15. and 15. For Malik Beasley, uh, he had 13 points, which is nice to see. But the real big names, Carl Towns, 24 points, seven boards, six assists. And for Russell, 22 points, two rebounds, three assists. You got some really good production out of Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, which is no shock. 18 rebounds between those two guys. Let that sink in. And Jaden McDaniel was very aggressive. You loved seeing that. Another guy that could be on the trade block, you just don't know. But regardless, you need him to be a big competitor. Especially now you're talking about Jared Vanderbilt's going to be out. You need him to step up. Jalen Noel, we talked about all the great things that he did in this game. You love to see it. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and he only played 18 minutes. Let that sink in. So lots to like about this game here. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. Thank you for listening on Dash Radio's Nothing Bennett channel. If you missed any of this show, make sure you give us a listen where you listen to any of your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. We are on all those different platforms. And until next time, let me get a howl.